This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Hello, I'm Amanda Rayfuse, and this is Spark, the Upper Valley's new arts and culture program here on CATV. We're hoping to spark your interest in the arts by hosting one-on-one conversations that explore the depth and variety of culture here in the Upper Valley to the amazing people who create and those who administrate, the artists who educate and the generous patrons who donate, the audiences, students, and consumers who enjoy and participate. Welcome to Spark. Hello, and welcome to season two of Spark, the Upper Valley's arts and culture show here on CATV. We're back with a whole new slate of extraordinary artists, arts leaders, and educators to spark your interest in the cultural life of the community and how they make our shared region an extraordinary place to live, work, and play. Couple of new things this season. If you are interested in listening to these conversations, Spark is gonna be offered as a podcast as well as on our YouTube channel. And if you have a topic that you would like to learn about, to comment or share, or if there's a guest that you'd really love to hear about, please shoot us an email. So here are the details. You can visit catv8.org to sign up for CATV's email list, to find links to the podcast and the YouTube channel, and connect to us by emailing spark at catv8.org. And now for today, I am so delighted and excited. Today we are speaking to Johanna Evans. Now, if you don't know Johanna, you probably actually have run across her because she is wildly prolific and helps to create this incredible life that we live here in the Upper Valley through so many extraordinary ways. Um, Whether you've actually met her or not, you've definitely come into contact contact with her. So Johanna was a Dartmouth 210 grad who attained her master's at Lehigh University, worked for eight years as the film programming and operations manager at the Hopkins Center for the Arts, and now she's working for the cloud-based cinema platform Eventive. She is an impact producer for the American Resilience Project. She is the board president of the Upper Valley Arts Choral Foundation. She's on the board of the White River Indie Film Festival. She is scenic design for theater and opera, taught for Colby Sawyer, produced events all over the world and in our own backyards, and is a writer and blogger. So we could talk to Johanna about pretty much anything, but today I'm super excited because not only is Johanna all of the things we just mentioned, but she is also a burlesque performer. Johanna first dipped her toe into burlesque in New Orleans with a private class taught by Bella Blue. She joined the Moulin Vert for their first review in August of 2017, and since then has performed in shows hosted by the Green Mountain Cabaret. So I am delighted and honored to welcome the beautiful, the incomparable, the extraordinary Johanna Evans. (laughs) Thank you, Amanda. That was a very flattering and lovely introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. It's all true. And that's what's sort of overwhelming about it all. You are really, um, man, just amazing. But I, you know, in addition to all of the work that you do throughout the Upper Valley, which we could host, you know, four other shows about, I am so excited to talk to you about burlesque. I had no idea that burlesque was a thriving art form here in the Upper Valley. So um, thank you for bringing this to me and to our Spark viewers. Um, Could you just, for those of us, I've seen it, but for those of our viewers who have never seen burlesque before, could you just give a little bit of a description for someone who's maybe never seen it before? Sure, I like to think of burlesque as a cross between 
stripping and musical theater, that there is more character development, there's more of a performative aspect, and there's a great deal more imagination and control involved. Stripping, you think of as, you know, a, a dark room with strangers watching people on a stage who couldn't care less whether they were there or not. They're, mm -hmm. they're performing for a passive audience who has all of the control, who is managing their own gaze. A major difference with burlesque is that with a burlesque performer, we are going to direct exactly what you are looking at as we very slowly and deliberately remove a glove one finger at a time or possibly with our teeth. <laughs> but the, the idea mainly being that with burlesque, the person who's performing on stage is not the object. They, they are not a passive thing to be desired and observed. They are the one in control. They are the one creating the story. They are the one informing your desires. That's brilliant. And it's a long, uh, there's a long tradition of burlesque in uh, not just the United States, but kind of around the world. So how did you first discover it and most specifically discover your own desire to be a burlesque performer? So I was going to New Orleans as part of a friend's 50th birthday celebration. And we were all looking for a little excitement, a little bit of liberation. And we had been to see one burlesque show together in New York City. So we knew we were interested, but weren't sure whether burlesque was going to be something we were capable of. My mm. friends and I are all very exuberant and lively, but also pretty awkward. <laughs> so, so, you know, we thought this would be a great way for us to develop a few tricks that we could take back into our private lives to be private burlesque performers just for our partners. Mm -hmm. But something really clicked when I was in this class, the, the sense of control I had over my own body and how desirable it made me feel mm. that that I felt that through burlesque I was able to be the best sexual expression of myself even if it was just for me even if it was just me practicing these moves in front of a mirror it made me feel like I was the owner of my own body and that my desires in themselves and the expression of those desires was beautiful, valuable, and fun. And, and that's sort of what clicked in this class. We worked through some very basic moves with a chair and a pair of gloves. Uh, the only instructions were we had to show up wearing clothes that made us feel sexy and preferably heels if we had them, just because um, it would make it a little bit, th about three inches easier to swing your leg over the top of the chair if you chose to do something like that. <laughs> But, um, but after, after the lesson, you know, I kind of parked that knowledge away and, you know, had, had something special to carry around, but I didn't think I was going to be performing on stage until one of my friends who was part of this private class was in conversation with a good friend of mine, Sharana Henderson, who I really, again, hope you have run across Sharana, all of you listeners out there. She is incredible. She's a dancer. She's working with JAG. She just put on an incredible burlesque show for them. 
but she was the one who introduced me to burlesque here in the Upper Valley. She assembled this Moulin Vert troupe based in White River Junction for a show in August of 2017. And she was looking around for performers and happened to mention it to my friend, Stephanie, who volunteered me. <laughs> Stephanie said, oh no, I'm, I'm not gonna do burlesque, but Johanna will. <laughs> so so sh sure enough, I, I'm game for pretty much anything. So I started working on a routine, watched a few videos of, of other burlesque teachers showing off a few moves and I put together what must be one of the shortest burlesque performances in history <laughs> to um, Credence Clearwater's Run Through the Jungle, which I performed as Eve waking up uh, naked in the garden, having eaten the apple, and then slowly seductively getting dressed. So a I started my burlesque career with a reverse strip, which... Um, it's kind of cool, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it really highlights, too, the sense of humor that I feel like is, is so inherent in burlesque. So you're talking not, not only about the, the body positivity and the kind of sexual freedom, but also how the stories and how the acts um, yeah, really draw on a, 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 a shtick or a gimmick or a, a sense of humor. So what, what do you think your... What is your, what is your act like? What is your? So I, I now do singing and stripping as, as one of my main performance types. I used to do music, musical theater in high school, loved it, miss it terribly. Don't have enough time in my life to be part of a real theater troupe. And I don't, I doubt I have the talent either, but, um, but this, this is an outlet for, for that kind of singing and performing, but the general theme that I look for in my acts is a turning of the tables. Mm. And it actually is where my burlesque name comes from. So I chose the name Evening Out because I, I liked the idea of being Eve for short, but also that it's sort of a pun, that it's, you know, an evening out. We're at, we're at a burlesque show, but it's also evening out like settling a score, making, yes. making things even again. So, so I kind of like that element of, of turning the tables on my audience, uh, whether it's just with a few trick moves. I have, I have one act that involves removing my pants with one hand, <laughs> which is, is a great surprise reveal. So whether it's, you know, finding a real stellar move that you can pull off or, if it's something along the lines of, uh, I, do an, I do a routine to Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler, which I've done as a sing and strip, it is exhausting. <laughs> so I don't know whether I, I'll always have the stamina for that, but the end of the act involves me tying myself up with ropes, which, you know, Ropes definitely it might be a little secret kink of mine. So <laughs> some of that is just for me, but some of it is also for, for the audience. The, the idea of this damsel intentionally tying herself up, trying to lure in somebody who wants to see themselves as the hero rather than a damsel who actually needs rescuing. Yes, 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 yes. I love that, turning the tables. And that feels like it's an important sort of, theme throughout all of your burlesque work, what I've seen. But I just want to say, is it all right if we show a little clip from, from one of your acts? 
Yeah, so this was part of a show, uh, Geeks and Cheeks. Uh, there are often Halloween-themed burlesque shows or nerd geek-themed burlesque shows, movie-themed. So, so this was one that was all geek culture honoring uh, acts. And so, of course, had to go for Star Trek. Had to, had to. So I, I've been a fan of Supertramp for a long time. Grew, grew up listening to 70s music. So it was a song I'd been kicking around as a burlesque idea for a while, and this was the perfect opportunity. So yes, uh, singing and stripping to the logical song, but as a Vulcan was, was a highlight for sure. So here we go. We're going to watch just a little bit, just a little bit, so we probably can't go too far with this, um, of Johanna Evans as a Vulcan stripping. <laughs> beautiful brilliant by the way I mean just the subtlety of like just the ears and, <laughs> and the little lyric changes and the humor that comes out of that I just wonder if you can talk for a little a little bit more about you you, you mentioned the idea of turning the tables and of reclaiming your own sense of self um, and you know what what is that how does how does burlesque continue to evolve your own sense of self some of it is the remarkable burlesque community I had mm. the luck of stumbling upon. This burlesque community is extremely body positive, very focused on consent, also very happy to go into dark places and to explore really serious kink and kind of celebrate all versions of sexuality and all sorts of desires without really any boundary lines which not having those rules or expectations of who you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to want and what you're supposed to want from them is, was very helpful for me in getting past some of the noise in my own head around that. Mm. Uh, I, I came to Dartmouth as a virgin and uh, within a week had lost my virginity to one person and been raped by someone else. Oh my God. So it was a, it was a pretty sharp turn from feeling like I had everything figured out. I knew exactly who I wanted to be. I had finally made it and gotten into my dream school and my life as an adult was starting and to immediately find that I had completely lost all sense of who I was, all sense of control over my body, total uncertainty about how I was supposed to interact with people, 
which I had never had trouble with before. And, and it, and therapy didn't work. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And I, I, I'm a strong believer in how your bot that your body internalizes certain truths about yourself and the way you inhabit in the world. And, um, people who experience racism experience, you know, something, something like that. I, you know, haven't had to deal with anything in, in that category, obviously, but, um, from the perspective of feeling trapped by my gender and feeling like society puts certain expectations on me there. And then on top of that, the trauma that I experienced yeah. has made me not feel like I could be myself in my own body. And I had to work hard to internalize that, that new feeling of control and, and love for myself. And what I would say is, that's not something that you find because of burlesque alone. It's mm -hmm. something that you find because of the remarkable community of performers that come to join together from all areas of, you know, different business backgrounds, people who are in the arts, people who aren't, you know, people who are trying out different, different versions of themselves and really figuring out who they are. Like everyone's on a different stage of of that journey of what they're trying to find on, on stage there, but all of us are so supportive of each other. And so, so eager to celebrate each other's work and talents and, and embrace this idea. Um, and this is not a, a phrase that I'm going to take credit for, but that we, we start every show by saying all bodies are burlesque bodies mm. and, and really in internalizing that over the course of the last few years has been helpful. Wow, amazing! I mean, I the the impact of <clears throat> of the arts, you know, of, of this particular art form, and the positivity and the um, the courage, you know, it, a the courage just to get up on stage, but also the courage to kind of use this art form as a as a modality for healing is just stunning. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm um, thank you. Yeah, and the he I mean the healing is I think something important for each of us individually, but collectively, one of the cool, the really cool things about burlesque is that it's always been a traditionally subversive art form. Mm. That there there's been a tradition of class dynamics being overturned in burlesque, of cultural stereotypes being subverted. Um, and some of it is for humorous effect. Some of it is that that's your gimmick. That's how you get your audience hooked. So they, they're watching everything that you do. But some of it also is actual political commentary. And I mean, my, my stuff is pretty lightly gesturing at that, but it's been really great. I mean, Sharana is, is one who has added real political commentary to some of her acts and it's, it's impressive and inspiring. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So not just healing as individuals, but healing as communities and starting to address the, the trauma that lives in, lives in us as a society really, um, through this, through this art form. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all victims of a certain kind of repression that I think we're all trying to untangle ourselves from. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. Things sit in the body and in a different way and to find a physical expression 
for healing, healing those things is, is going to be important as we move through this, especially this time right now, this evolution of, of our society right now. Who knew a conversation about burlesque? <laughs> but this is what's so great, right? Is like we think of things um, and that there's always these layers and just like the, the striptease that you do, like uncovering and uncovering and uncovering. So there's just so many metaphors to burlesque as, as a whole. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting just as a, the feeling that I get as I'm removing those layers is not one of becoming more vulnerable, but one of becoming more powerful. And, and some of that has to do with how you're directing the gaze, that when you feel like you really have the audience totally in the palm of your hand and you could decide not to do anything and that they're still gonna watch you because- yeah you you have them that's a that's a really fun feeling (laughs) Um, and and so then it's then it becomes about your choice that it's it's not about I feel like I need to win their approval and that's why I'm going to get down to my pasties it's I'm doing this because I want to and because I'm choosing to to give this audience an experience I'm choosing to explore something with them I'm choosing to play with them that, that that is the performer's choice at every second during that performance. Yeah, yes, brilliant. So if there is one thing um, that, that you would suggest to our listeners, to our, to our viewers, um, to, you know, to maybe bring some of that uh, courage and revelation and positivity into their lives, what would, what would you suggest? Uh, two things. One, one of the most basic burlesque moves that you can introduce into your daily life is just thinking about the way you walk. Um, just walking with intention. And I'm not suggesting you do this when you go into the boardroom and <laughs> draw that sort of attention to yourself. But in terms of feeling, feeling that for yourself or feeling that with your partner, just walking intentionally is a big part of burlesque. Pointing mm-hmm. your toes, for instance, figuring out you know the lines of your body and how you're standing and and how how you feel the best and finding those poses. So that's one piece. And then get a pair of gloves. Um, just you know, props are fun. Gloves, especially, you might not use gloves in your everyday life, but when you start playing with how you remove them very carefully and intentionally, that that sort of playfulness you can then use anywhere. Yeah. Well, and hey, we all use gloves all winter long. I mean, why not incorporate that into your daily (laughs) life? Yes. Come on. That is phenomenal. And now just give us the, the details. Where, where can we see you perform? Um, is anything happening um, in the Upper Valley that you'd love to encourage people to, to come and check out? So definitely follow Green Mountain Cabaret. They do shows a couple times a month. The main hotspots to find burlesque are uh, definitely in Burlington. There's mm-hmm. usually a show every weekend at one of the various pubs um, or at the Flynn, um, the Flynn actually hosts downstairs. Yeah, yeah downstairs uh, hosts burlesque shows about about once a month. 
Winooski um, at the Monkey House. Uh, there's an untapped show of burlesque, which tends to be, you know, uh, a lot of newcomers or people trying out new acts, which is fun. I myself am not slated to perform anytime soon. Some of that is uh, because of COVID. There just aren't as many shows happening. And I confess, I'm a relative newcomer to the burlesque scene here. And, and one of the things that's great is, you know, a, a lot of the people in the burlesque troupe are, they're, they're not all like young starlets. A lot of mm. them are working moms like me. <laughs> so we're all, you know, we're all, all busy. Um, but some, some of them are extraordinary performers who really go all out with their costumes. And for me, I actually don't have a performance lined up because I need to make a new act. <laughs> so, um, everyone's seen all of them now. I played them in all of the towns. I, I actually did a comedy show over the summer where I did all of my acts back to back to back. I was the only burlesque performer at this comedy show. And so now that I've done them all, I actually have to have to go invest in some more sequins and, <laughs> and make a new costume. Get some new material, literally and literally. <laughs> oh, Johanna, thank you so much for coming on Spark and for sharing your story and for sharing your, your passion and love for this art form. It has been wildly illuminating and um, uh, revealing. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yes. <laughs> well, and I hope all, all of you listeners out there will uh, try some burlesque sometime. You won't regret it. It's a, <laughs> it's a really great way to surrender yourself to a new way of being human. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you again. And thank you, viewers. You've been watching Spark, the Upper Valley's arts and culture program here on CATV. Don't forget, you can subscribe to CATV's YouTube channel where you can learn more about each guest and you can visit their websites and all of the things that we mentioned on the show by looking at the episode descriptions. Once again, visit CATV8.org to sign up for CATV's email list, to find links to the podcast, which is new, the YouTube channel, and to connect to us by emailing spark at CATV8.org. Thank you so much for watching Spark. Thank you for listening to CATV Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is catv8.org. You can find all of our podcasts under the Listen section on our homepage.